When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. Take a pause from your to-do list with the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. What does every grocery store aisle now have in common? Products that come in paper packaging. And we don't just mean the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go paper-tarian than ever before. So why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out, the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. Hello there, friends. It's your Broadway buddy, Ben Cameron, and you are listening to Playbill Presents the Broadway Cast. The Broadway Cast is a weekly talk show that brings the pages of Playbill to life and delivers it directly to theater fans around the world. Every episode will feature breaking Broadway news and exclusive stories from notable Broadway personalities. Additionally, the Broadway Cast gives a voice to fans like they've never had before. Today, we welcome the men of Waitress, Will Swenson, who's back in the show, Chris Fitzgerald, and Matt DeAngelis is joining us. But before we dive into that delicious slice of man pie, we're going to check in with Senior Features Editor from Playbill, Ruthie Fearberg, who's going to give us our much-needed Playbill Pulse. Hi, Ruthie. Hi, Ben. Good to see you. It's always good to see you. I know. I'm always happy to be here. I'm always happy that there's Broadway news. There's always Broadway news. It's always Broadway news. It feeds the soul. It does. It feeds the soul, much like a good slice of pie, like you said. Yeah, absolutely. Um, How exciting, speaking of pie, that Will Swenson is back in Waitress. He is. As of September 12th. Yep. This is exciting. This is very exciting. He is one of Broadway's most celebrated actors at this stage of the game. Indeed, he is. And there's other exciting pie News. Tell me what's, um, what's off in the Broadway's pie? Sweeney Todd has extended into 2018. That's delicious. So if you haven't gone down to the Barrow Street Theater, which they have converted into a pie shop, so you can have your meat pies or your vegetarian pies, as it were, mm-hmm. um, before seeing the show, which is a fully immersive production, it's really cool. I saw it even before Norm Lewis and Carolee Carmelo joined it. Yeah. And the production value is just amazing. Um, but you and I also had some feeding of the soul Holy last week. Holy moly. At the Cheetah Rivera Awards. The first ever. The first ever. They were formerly known as the Astaire Awards for Fred and Adele Astaire. But we had some uh, big winners and it was kind of cool to have the dance community come together, just the dance community. And, it sure was. You know, we were celebrating the lifetime achievement of Tommy Toon and the directorial excellence of Diane Paulus. But um, we also saw winners for Josh Bergas with Off-Broadway Sweet Charity and Andy Blankenbuehler racked up yet another for Bandstand, Bandstand. Um, which we were sad to see go. Go, but at least uh, he and that choreography got its due for sure. You know what I loved about that? I love the celebration of the ensembles. And the great Comet cast won their All most heart. outstanding ensemble. It was Whiskey really, in the belly. really, really special. Yeah. And speaking of the community coming together, um, Broadway Loves Houston is an upcoming concert for the rebuilding of the theater districts and the theater community in Houston, among the many other things that need to be supported right now down in Texas. Um, That concert is going to be October 9th, and we have just added such performers as Bandstands, Corey Cott, Tony Winner, Brian Stokes Mitchell, um, Jesse Mueller has already been announced, Leslie Margarita, Seth Rudetsky is hosting and providing the musical direction, so it's going to be a really beautiful evening of song and support. I love how the Broadway community always circles around the 
always community really supports itself dependable that way so go to playbill.com for uh, more information and for ways to donate to that cause it's really special and uh, I'd be remiss in terms of special things if I didn't mention <laughs> that Miss Patty Lapone is releasing a two disc album called Don't Monkey with Broadway it's going to drop <laughs> September 29th that is the my favorite title of an album since Hoobastank released Hoobastank. <laughs> and there you have it. Thank you so much, Ruthie. Always a pleasure. We love having you here. We will talk to you next week for more of The Pulse. All right, now, friends, without further ado, let's get on with the show. The show. The show. Give my regards to Broadway. Remember- a of Broadway. There's a kid in the middle of nowhere who's sitting there living for Tony performances, singing and flipping along with the Pippins and Wiggins and Kinky's Matildas and Mormonses. So we might reassure that kid and do something to spur that kid. Because I promise you, all of us up here tonight, we were that kid. And now we're I like that every single time because it's just plain old-fashioned true. Hello, my friends. <laughs> your Broadway buddy, Ben Cameron, and you are listening to Play Pill Presents, the Broadway cast. Today's show is lit. It's turnt. It's whatever the millennials say that means good or cool uh, as we welcome the men of Waitress to our panel. And I think we should get right to it. Originally scheduled to be here was Drew Galing, and he's sadly unable to be here with us. But we are thrilled that we get to talk to the man seated to my immediate left who's appeared in Hair and the West End, tour the country, an American idiot, and once, this is my very good friend and savior of the day, Mr. Matt DeAngelis. Hello, hello. Hi, Matt. How are you doing? We talked about this a couple weeks back <laughs> about the idea of hair going to the West End. What was the experience of taking a Broadway show and taking the entire thing and transferring it to London? The experience of a lifetime. I mean, yeah. I had to travel with this guy, which was a real burden, but yeah. other than that, uh, no, it was, it was so special. You never get the opportunity to take a full company of your friends who you work with here in New York and go overseas. It, you know, an actor gets to do it here or there, but it was really such a blessing. It was amazing. Yeah, I don't think I've ever heard of that before. Yeah, it was it was certainly new to us. It yeah. was nice because we didn't have to rehearse. Yeah, that yeah. was actually we had more time to explore when we first got there, which was nice. More fish and chips, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. and that's what we're looking for. Seated next to Mr. Matt DeAngelis, one of Broadway's most accomplished leading men, having appeared on Broadway in Lestat, One Ten in the Shade, Brooklyn, Priscilla, Queen of the Desert, as Tick, starred as Javert in Les Mis. You Could, led with Lestat. I led with Lestat. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. When that's Jason, impressive, bro. Yeah, that's, that's the work. True. Come on, that's the work. No when, one can pull that off like. You when Jason Robert Brown was here, I led with Urban Cowboy, which awesome. he got a great big kick out of as awesome. well. As I mentioned, Javert in a little show <laughs> called Les Mis, saw Broadway in Rock of Ages, Little Miss Sunshine, Murder Ballad, and now back in Waitress as Earl, Mr. Will Swenson. Yes, Will Swenson. Yep. Will Swenson. Is that correct? Isn't that's it? Right, Will that's Swenson. Correct. I just he Pretty never remembers no. No. who I am. I call him Will Swanson. Will Swanson. Yeah. Is, is that because you want a, a frozen dinner of yeah, some sort? Because he's just a big, because <laughs> a big old beefy. Oh, he's a big old. Because I remind him of a chicken pot pie. He's, he's the beef stew of the Broadway community. Yeah. People have been saying that for years. Yeah. Little known fact, I'm going to tell our listeners, uh, Will and I are from the same Place. hometown. That's right. His family runs a theater called the Hale Center Theater, which, as I remember, was a small theater in the round in yes. Orem. Yes. And I used to do shows there when I was a kid. And now they've got a huge, beautiful main stage and all kinds of amazing things. There's a couple of theaters. Yeah, there's there's a Salt Lake Theater, and then my brother runs the one in Provo. Yeah. I think I ran into your brother... Um, uh, at Costco, the last time I was home visiting I my family. No, that's fascinating. That. What did you buy? Yeah. Was it a picnic? Huh? I was. I think I was going in for. My mom needed some toothpaste in bulk, and I got a. <laughs> I got a chicken roll at the at the. Oh thing. yeah, because the foods are good. You can get like the big wieners as well. Yeah, like, for and, fifty cents. Yeah, and like an yeah. ice cream sundae that's like this big. Yeah, and it's seventy five cents. Yeah, and, they pay and no you harm. to take the ice cream. <laughs> yeah, no harm, no foul. They also have the cheesy balls, like the cheese balls, oh, yeah. in, a, in a tub. We like had we this. had those in, at the backstage at waitress. That yeah. is true. What do they go for? Do you think? What's the price point on a giant oh, like barrel a of cheese? Dollar seventy, yeah. maybe. A dollar seventy, <laughs> and it's really good for the voice, which is why you have yes. the backstage at waitress. You pop a cheese ball, and you're like, "Oh, I'm ready to sing now." Mm-hmm. And rounding out our panel, tell me about me, Ben. Tell me about. I would me. love to tell you about. You. <laughs> Let's get to it. What's he going to leave with? You were the OG Bach in Wicked. He's yes, appeared in more. Started in Finian's Rainbow on Broadway, for which he won a Drama Desk Award. Mm. You're an act of God. Igor in Young Frankenstein. Curtin plays Ogie in Waitress. This is Chris Fitzgerald. Hello, everybody. Hey. Nice to see you. Nice to be seen. Yeah, here with it's, you. it's been a while, my friend. I remember you backstage doing things. I like you balancing a stool on your chin sure. at one point. Tell the people a little bit about your clowning training. 
that you have had in your life. Wow. I well, know that it happened in Maine. I got that far. Wow, that's good. Yeah, that's. I grew up in Maine, and uh, the my uh, to kind of save. I think my mother to save her sanity put me into a clown class at age five. Hmm. Uh, she knew and, then. Yeah, yeah, because uh, it was just she I mean, and you were I. Born and a she clown. Was, it's yeah, not something you choose. I, no, I was born a ham. <laughs> DNA has proven that now. They can mm-hmm. prove that on SVU. Yes, I just was. <laughs> I was fascinated by all things like clowning and vaudeville and like all that kind of stuff. And there was a, this whole community of people in Maine doing all this crazy stuff, and I just got involved in it. Yeah. How has it affected your career? How, how have you been able to utilize those tools? I uh, try to put some kind of trick in every single thing that I do. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's like, you know, I can, if I can balance a chair on my face in every show, I would. You right. Know, it just, it's not always appropriate. You know, <laughs> you know what the Merchant of Venice, uh, they, I just did, I couldn't find a, a, a place for it. What about in Waitress the Musical? What's your, What's your well, trick I in Waitress? It. I did actually. Yeah. I had a thing where when I bring the pies, I was like, I, could, I can balance the pies on my face. Yeah. And Diane was like, eh, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe that's not, not the best maybe idea. Not. And I was like, okay. And she's prone to trickery. She yeah. likes tricks yeah. in the show. He had his, oh, friends, no, he had his magic you. friends come and do a magic show for us. Yeah, I had some friends come and do a magic show for the company. Do you have friends that are just your magic friends? Do you compartmentalize that? Yeah, I do. Like, yeah. You guys, listen, my magic friends are coming. <laughs> and we had the party, and like nobody showed up, but he sort of interacted with just the space around him. It was, it was great. It with was his, great. Magic his, friends. his magic friends. His magic friends. Oh, it's too bad we're having an absolutely terrible time on the Broadcast, brought to you by Cheesy Puffs in a Barrel. Um, so we like to have a little fun, like we're not already here at the Broadcast. We like to start out with a little bit of a game. And you know, working together on stage, you get very, very close, get to learn a lot about each other sometimes. Times almost too much. So we're going to play just a quick round of uh, super superlatives where I'm going to give you a superlative and uh, each of you are going to decide who that best represents or who best fits the bill, as it were. Let's start. We'll start really cheesy. Who among you is most likely to make out with Audra McDonald? Mm. Chris Fitzgerald. Fair. Fair. Great. Moving on. <laughs> we all agree it's Chris Fitzgerald. Uh, who's most likely to leave the theater and play professional football? Uh, Matt. Matt D'Angelo. Matt, Matt sure, why are they yeah. saying that about you? That dude's head is so hard. Is that what it is? <laughs> it's unbelievable. He yeah. like rides around on a little like unicycle. He's also had multiple concussions. And that, is, that, is, that is very and he true. He keeps coming back. It's a little weirdly. It's a little made him a really dense, great you know. singer. Ever yeah, since he's the accident. better ever since the accident. Yeah. <laughs> Way more talented. Like a savant. It's very light in the piazza. <laughs> Who is most likely to become a hot R and B superstar? Ooh, this one. Oh yeah, is that Chris Fitzgerald? Probably like me. an alter ego. Probably me. Why are they saying yeah. that about you? Because that is something I'm actually pursuing. You're pursuing. <laughs> you, yeah. Chris sings your favorite yeah. soul classics. Is yeah. coming your way. It's not even your favorite. I'm writing my. I'm writing some stuff. Oh, you are. Yeah. <laughs> what's the What's the your favorite song? It's all song? about like jelly and jam and things like that. Yeah. yeah. Things you need to shake. Yeah. yeah and be ready for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, who's most likely to leave the commercial theater and devote their life to experimental theater? Also, this. Also, one. Yeah, I'm really? gonna have, yeah. you're yeah. gonna have to give that to Chris and his, and his right. magic friends. Yeah, I'll take yes. that. Yes. <laughs> my magic friends and my. That's the name of your theater company my R&D downtown. Career. I'm yeah, magic kind of, friends. Yep. Ma- I'm gonna Ooh. mesh them. Uh-huh. Mesh them together. Okay. Who's most likely to become a celebrity chef? I think Will. Maybe. Do you Matt. think it's, it's Will? I, I, my fiance cooks. I'm not. I'm a terrible cook. Oh, then it's Will. It's Will. It's Matt's fiance. Yeah. It's Matt's fiance, Christine Dwyer. It's also Will's hair. Kind of makes it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, he oh. look, you look like a. I put on like an accent, and I would be like, "Yeah, you would yeah. just be all." And people now would want to see you cooking. Browns a hash, see? yeah, something like that. I don't know. <laughs> I didn't think I'd hear you say hash today, but I'm so, I'm so very. At least not in this context. That's the parsley. Uh, who's most likely uh, among you to play the Phantom of the Opera? Will <laughs> definitely will. Will and it's Will. Yeah. And aren't you? When do you start rehearsals? Rehearsals like in I started March. yesterday. <laughs> Did you I'm going in tonight? You are. <laughs> that's yeah. so fast. It's weird. I'm doing the both. But you're very talented. Yeah. Uh, that brings me to who's most likely to play Christine in Phantom of the Opera? Oh, that's Matt. Sure. Certainly, probably yeah. Matt. Is it Matt? Yeah. Why would you yeah. say that? I gotta tell you, well, yeah. I, I've uh, I've done uh, drag before, and I am not a good-looking woman. It's really it's really an unfortunate. No. Situation. Do you know what? I not I, you. I believe you. No. He has the Matt. notes. He has the notes, though. The notes. I've actually liked. I like this line of questioning. I'm going to give you a couple more. I like yeah. this leading ladies thing. Who among you is most uh, likely to be the most successful Dolly Levi? Oh, yeah, that's Chris. Is that Chris Fitzgerald? Yeah. He just said, <laughs> he's, he sat there with such confidence and went, duh. Yeah. Duh. Who's most likely to play uh, Ava Perone? <sighs> I'll go with Swenson. You think? Yeah. yeah, probably Swenson. Swenson, fair enough. Yeah. All right. Who's the Sandy and Grease of you? 
That's great. That's I'll go with totally that for sure. I, why are you so confident about that? Everybody's like, oh. Ding, you know ding, why? Because he has a kind of openness and a clarity. Oh, of, see? Wow. Yeah, he has an emotional clarity. And an innocence about him. He hasn't tapped into enough, and I feel like he would be an amazing Sandy. I'm keeping the beard, <laughs> kind of, for sure. The emotional quality of kind of the way he would yeah. play it would be wonderful. <laughs> sure. <laughs> well, that's our super superlatives. <laughs> wow. Yay! Let's start at the very beginning. It's a very good place to start. I'd like to ask each of you to fill us in on what were your very influences in the theater. Like, when do you remember sitting in a theater and looking up at the stage and saying, that's me. That's what I'm looking to do. Let's start with you, Matt DeAngelis. Uh, well, I... Uh did my first show when I was eight years old. My mom dragged me to the audition because I wouldn't stop singing at the house. She needed to put me somewhere. And uh, and it was Godspell at the high school. They needed kids to be in this production of Godspell. And so I, I caught the bug then, but I, I had a really formative moment a few years later when that production of uh, Children of Eden came out that was at Paper Mill and then it went to North Shore Music Theater, which is right around the corner from my house in Boston. Uh-huh. And um, <clears throat> da- when Darius DeHaas sang Lost in the Wilderness, I was like, yeah. That's that's what I want to do. And when that song came out, I remember every single tenor was like freaking out. Oh, forget it! It I was such in, a game changer. I work in piano bars. That's a that's a favorite yeah. for sure. <laughs> I just saw him in uh, in the the show at the public the the public works show that they just did and it, the big anniversary the celebration the big celebration yeah it yeah. was and he's still incredible and it was such it was so cool to see him on stage again after you know probably 15 years or so more than that way right? you're like you made me who yeah. I am it was really cool Will Swenson what do you remember um, I was growing up in Los Angeles and it was a production of Annie and we went and they started singing maybe far away and I turned to my mom apparently I don't really remember and I said I want to be down there and she always told that story I knew you were going to be an actor because you said you wanted to be down there and I was like mom I just wanted to be surrounded by girls yeah, <laughs> like if it means I have to play Annie, that's what I'll do. No, I, I do remember thinking that that was awesome. And Chris Fitzgerald, what's what's your earliest memory? Um, I think it would be uh, there was a th- community theater in South Portland, Maine, called the Portland Players, or as you say it in my accent, the Portland Players. Uh-huh. I've seen and, shows uh, there. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, it was Man of La Mancha, but I but I specifically remember the guy who has the thing on his head. Don the, Quixote? No, yeah. the wash basin. No, not yeah, the, that was the thing. Sancho Panza? No. The golden helmet of Mambrino. Uh, that's the one. I, and I remember band, being I obsessed with that song and that guy, that particular performer. I don't know who it was, but yeah. he was really funny and he was really interesting and it was like, what, he had one scene in the whole show, but I was like, that's fantastic. He's yeah. great. And uh, and so I just, that that's kind of like my first little cloudy memory of, of uh, seeing that. And you are so funny. Um, when do you remember first making people laugh, Chris? And because and, oh, that could be so intoxicating. Yeah, it's very intoxicating. Um, it's a drug yeah. for me. I'm not happy unless. Oh, look, I got to laugh. Okay. Matt's still right, laughing. Matt's still laughing. No, uh, I was, again, it was back to doing kind of vaudeville and clowning and doing that kind of stuff early on that, um, that, that all, that whole thing started to begin. Yeah. You know, and then I was in a, I was in a play then at Portland Players, Oliver, when I was eight. And I was one of the little Fagan's kids or one of the gang. And um, I had a little bowler hat. And I uh, just took over the show. I mean, I literally <laughs> took over the show. Uh-huh. And there was like, I remember even reading reviews, or my mom said, and it was like, you know, the kid in the bowler hat is crazy and like amazing, and he's so silly, and you know. And then the guy playing Fagan took me aside and was just like, you know, when it's my turn, it's my turn, and when it's your turn, it's your turn. And I was like, okay. Well, what was your first memory of getting up on the stage? Oh, well, my my family runs a theater, so it right. was like. Yeah, I I literally played, you know, in Christmas Carol, the ghost of Christmas present, I think, brings out the two orphan kids. Oh, yeah. Ignorance and, ignorance and one. I was ignorance okay. when I was like, like three. I mean, I have hazy memories of kind of going, what's going on? Yeah. But yeah. Pretty early. Yeah, that is pretty early. Yeah. When was the first time you spoke on a stage? Uh, like then. A couple weeks ago. I made up my own lines. Um, I think then we did a production of like uh, Hans Christian Andersen. And I think I was, you know. Thumbelina or something. I don't know. That's a role I, I've, people are dying to see you in. <laughs> <laughs> my Thumbelina was fantastic. <laughs> and my first cross-dressing role. Uh, so just take me uh, from these early influences and childhood memories. What was kind of the road to Broadway for each of you? I took that a really circuitous route. I played college basketball for a little while. 
Um, I always did theater, but I... Hashtag butch. <laughs> see, <laughs> I did that for a little while and then very quickly realized I couldn't manage an NCAA basketball schedule and a theater degree. So Highland looked into transferring. I was still majoring in theater at University of Southern Maine. Um, and then I um, transferred to Boston Conservatory, but college wasn't really for me at that moment in my life. So I okay. left school early and moved to New York at 20. I've been in New York for 14 years now, which is weird to think about. And uh, it took me a long time to kind of figure it out, like school hard knocks, I guess. But yeah. uh, six and a half or seven years later, when I'm after I moved here, I was in hair with this fella. Yeah. And then I sort of figured it out from there. What's the moment when you get the phone call? And, you know, we always joke that I, that ring, ring, ring. It's Broadway calling. <laughs> I never, <laughs> you know? I'll never forget it for as long as I live. I was, I, uh, I had just done a production of Hair out of town and uh, they had an audition and it was like one of those, it was on a Saturday morning at the, down at the public. And um, my friend, Kyle Harris, who's now on that show, Stitchers, uh, he was playing Claude in that production. He came to the audition with me, and he's so talented. I was like, oh, I'm not going to get this job, because Kyle's going to get it. And we went across the street after the audition uh, to Supenberger, down there by NYU, and, we, and I got a call at the table that I was going to get an offer with Kyle, and he was so wonderful and supportive, and it was amazing. And, uh, and then I was trying to be really respectful. I didn't want to like really celebrate, because I felt bad for my friend and, and, and whatever. And so we were walking to the subway, and I was in that crosswalk, and I always think about this when I drive down that street now or go to the public. I was in that crosswalk, and I was like, I just got to call my mom. Now, I had just borrowed money from her at 26 years old and that she didn't have, and I was like, like I, I can't be an actor anymore. You know, I really, really can't. And I was like, I just gotta call, I gotta call Janice. And I, and I called her, and I said, hey, mom, are you sitting down? Mm-hmm. And I said, I'm gonna be on Broadway. And we both just started crying. I mean, I just wept in the middle of the street. Because I was at that point, you know, that, that cliche point that actors you know, talk about sometimes, that like I literally was looking at apartments online in Orlando, Florida, because I wanted to be an actor still, but I couldn't afford to live in New York anymore. And I was gonna go work at Disney or something. Yeah. And I got the call. And you wept. And I wept. Will, what was the road for you? Uh, I cried too. Um, I mean, I grew up in a, in a theater yeah, family, yeah. Um, and I majored in, in theater, and then in eventually musical theater. And then I got my equity card at Disney World, and then I toured Europe with you in a, in a <laughs> really not great musical. And uh, then I got a U.S. tour of Miss Saigon, and then I moved to New York and pounded the pavement for four and a half years. Yeah. And then I went and auditioned for Brooklyn the Musical, uh, and John McDaniel and James Sampleiner. Yep. Gave me my first Broadway show. And I almost missed the callback. The reason that I went to the callback was because I was supposed to fly out to work on something, I, probably in Utah, and there was an ice storm the night before, and they canceled my flight. So I, And I wasn't going to be able to go to the callback. So because of this ice storm and because I missed my flight, I went to the callback and then finally got the show. So it was like that's awesome, like a gift from God. But, that's always yeah. fun when you can go back and connect the dots. Right. You don't go, oh, thank you, Jesus, for the ice storm. Yeah. Yeah. Chris? Um, I went to college in Florida. I grew up in Maine, and then so it's too cold. They went too cold. Went to college in Florida. I went to Rollins College. They have a great, I got a great scholarship to go there and uh, studied theater and English there, and then uh, went on to grad school and at uh, American Conservatory Theater in San Francisco. Um, And and during that time, I also started. uh, I was an apprentice at Williamstown. Okay. Theater Festival, which is an amazing place, um, and began a kind of relationship with that place that I've been there for, I mean, 13 or 14 summers I've spent there, wow. and and began developing relationships there while I was also kind of still studying. And so kind of by the time I moved to New York, I had kind of this interesting community that mm. I had developed. So, and some were people that were working or directors or casting people and so that kind of helped that launch for me when I when I got here and you know I hadn't been doing any musicals really um, or studying them in particular uh, I didn't study musical theater at all um, and but I kind of thought well that'll be what I'll probably end up doing and then I moved here and I and I and then uh, one of my first jobs was an usher at the music oh, wow. at the music box theater I love um, that. They were doing uh, Diary of Anne Frank with, with um, Natalie, Natalie Portman. Portman. Yeah. Oh yeah. And then one my my first Broadway job was a Moor, mm-hmm. uh, at the Music Box Theater, hmm. which is kind of that's such a cool yeah. awesome. that's, that's a cool, cool full circle yeah. moment. And I still go in and see uh, some of the guys that still that are still are still there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I'm interested in you saying you've never really studied musical theater. 
when did were you singing all along throughout your? Yeah, I sang like a little. I sang in an acapella group that me and two two of my friends formed in high school. Please tell me the name of the acapella group. The acapella fellas. Yes, <sighs> pretty good. Yeah, it's funny. That's good. It rhymes there. Yeah, it was. It was pretty badass. Yeah. Yeah, um, it was actually really <laughs> did you, fun. Did you challenge other like, acapella groups yeah. to fights and stuff? Yeah, yeah. in the street yeah. Yeah. because we would, you know, we kicked a lot of ass. Man. Yeah, um, lots of chicks. But uh, <laughs> but it was really fun and really kind of we just kind of created this thing and it was not just us singing; it was us doing, you know, kind of stand up stuff and skits and it became this kind of thing that we did and we made a little album and it was really uh, it was and it was because we just loved to do it. And so yeah. it was like that kind of singing really changed actually how I feel like I am a singer. I really started to enjoy it as opposed to kind of doing it for musical theater or doing it. I just I just sang what I wanted, when I wanted, how I wanted and it was uh, that was really cool. So we I did that for a while and then but so I but I didn't really do that many music. And when I when my first job was at the public Doing a play, and then uh, and then I got another play, and I, I was just doing plays for a while, yeah. and then did the, my first the musicals like you. The first this, musical this thing did. I did was at Encores, yeah. the Babes in Arms, uh-huh. uh, directed by Kathleen Marshall, and that's where I met my wife, Jessica Stone. So, in a in a in a fit of branding moment, do you guys remember what the experience is of first opening a playbill? You looking there and seeing your name. What is that experience like? Well, oh, seeing your name. Well, I used to collect them. I had this coffee table. I still have this coffee table that's a glass center and a wood frame, and you can open it up and put things in. And for the longest time, just about every show I saw, I threw my playbills in in the thing. And I remember somebody coming over to my house once and knew that I was an actor, but they were clueless about theater. And they're like, "Have you been in all of these?" And I was like, <laughs> "No, I haven't been." In I do a new one every other week. I ha- yeah, right. And uh, and I remember being really sad about that. And then. Over the years, eventually, now it's filled with all shows that I've been in, and and uh, so that's been a cool, that's neat progression. That yeah, involves playbill. Yeah, it's uh, I'm, ding. I'm, <laughs> right to the camera. I'm super sentimental in general, and I get everything framed. And I, I mean, I'm literally out of wall space at my apartment, and Christine makes fun of me all the time. But um, it, I am still after all these years impressed by the magic of theater and, and we all you know spent our lives wanting to be right where we are and it's the coolest thing you know like when they say it's Saturday Night on Broadway that gives me chills still it's you know and you open up a playbill and you see your face it's the weirdest thing and it's, it's such a blessing to do it but I'm a pretty sentimental guy as it is so I got I got playbill stuff all over my house yeah <laughs> Mr. Fitzgerald uh, I'm always curious about how they're going to fit my full name Christopher Fitzgerald in the playbill. Yeah. It's a very long name. Oh, yeah, and it's a column. So does it go Christopher Fitzgerald? Yeah. Yeah, like how do you you do it? And uh, they've been very creative. (laughs) (laughs) They wrote it vertically for a while. They've written it vertically. They've, you know. It does an acrostic poem for his bio. uh, (laughs) Just abbreviate it. It's just like. Turn it into a haiku. Yeah. C Fitz. That's very very on trend these days. Are you in a show? I know you are. Do you want to add some Broadway flair to your school or community theater production? Well, Playbuilder lets you build your very own Broadway-quality Playbill program. Each Playbill is fully customizable for your production. Dates, song title, cast names, production credits, artwork, and even advertising. It's a great way to promote your show, raise money for your organization, and create a professional, printable program. Save valuable time with Playbuilder Express. Select from thousands of pre-populated programs in our database and simply begin to customize your production. Playbill. Visit playbuilder.com to learn how you can create your own playbill today. Let's talk about being actors a little bit. And um, and I'll start with you, Will, as you've done so many super varied roles. Um, what's, uh, what's ground zero for approaching a new role? Oh, I don't know. Um, it feels like every one of them is different. Um, and you can't, can't start from the same place. At least mm-hmm. that's how it is for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Sometimes it starts with research, and sometimes it starts with just like an idea or an emotion. Um, YouTube, I feel like, has been a big resource. I don't know. Do you guys do you? I just feel like I don't know. How so? How do you mean? I mean, for this role, um, my my character's pretty troubled, and and there's some some emotional abuse in the show, and borderline yeah. physical abuse. And uh, and with YouTube, it's just a resource you didn't have before. You just kind of go abusive husband and then you find you know crazy talk shows or just and you see actual guys you know who are 
troubled and, yeah. and treating their wives awfully. And 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 so you you lose that idea that that mustache twisting villain thing, and you're just like, oh my gosh, this is just a guy who looks like me and talks like me, and he just has terrible impulse control and terrible ideas about about how relationships work and i don't know for me that's that's become a good resource but i don't always do that i don't know it's different yeah for each thing chris Fitzgerald. will kind of put it you know that it really is the approaches vary i'd say for me um especially in musicals i have to be physical yeah i have to like really get like uh, i have to just dive in and kind of get get physical to kind of unlock my idea factory um, and just uh, uh, I almost have to get out in front of what I'm doing and and that's where little surprises happen that end up uh, being the kind of foundation for where I'm going you know yeah, I mean I, I will say having seen Waitress fairly recently I it's incredible what you do physically in that in your in your big number it's bonkers. Was that a lot it of trial bonkers. and error? Do you just like throw it out there? Or yeah, you, you guys weren't of... around when that happened. Um, yeah, it was really, uh, it was really fun and really hard. It was really yeah. hard work. And I do you I, come in with a bunch of ideas in a bag ready I, to go? I have. I, I come in with a few, and this was a very unique experience creating like that number. It was like trying to trying to marry some uh, ideas that. Diane and Lauren, the choreographer, had brought with kind of my approach that I wanted to take. And we kind of had to kind of uh, massage that a little bit. And then it was what's really fun about Diane and Lauren is that they were basically just like, just go. Whatever, you know, whatever is on your mind, let's let's try it. And uh, that's not always the case, nor should it always be the case. You know, sometimes a choreographer has some very specific movement that they want you to do and that uh, and you need to fill that out you know and yeah. that's really also a, a, a wonderful experience but this particular song and this particular part of the show really needed that and so it was just a lot of trial and error just a lot of silly stupid ideas uh, I mean I literally had thousands of really bad ideas and then it's like kind of chipping away and crafting it down and for me it was to one uh, bad idea to one to one big bad <laughs> idea which is <laughs> Chris doing this number on Broadway um, but uh foolproof bad idea but, but I you know I think I annoyed members of my company and maybe even the director and choreographer Will's not because nice. I just yes, kept wanting to work on it and I was like I'm it's not I'm not satisfied, and uh, to finally they were just like, "You, this is we got to freeze. We have this. to stop." Uh, but seriously, I just was, I just was never satisfied. Uh, to that end, do you feel like in some of the other physical roles you've done that you've brought some of the things you've learned from that? I'm referencing maybe Absol- Igor. Absolutely, into that. Absolutely. I mean, for me, it's really been a process of finding out the best how I work and having the courage to work the way I need. I need and want to work where I feel like it's successful. And that means listening. That means um, trusting my impulses and uh, and sharing the way that I come up with ideas and finding those ideas and, you know, fighting for them. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Trusting. That, yeah, yeah, it's hard. It's, it's hard. And, you know, and just not being satisfied, really making sure that you're like, this is really the way I want it to be. Because in theater, you got to then do it. You know, eight, eight times, times a week a for week. now years. Yeah. And so uh, you really do want to say, I, this is really, you know, Something I changed like my, yeah, yeah. I, I had some idea right. where I changed my mic because we wear little face mics. Uh-huh. And so in the first act, I'm I, a lot, I, most of my stuff is I'm looking stage right. And so we put the mic on the left side and then it was like, I'm kind of looking the other way. Maybe we switch it. So now I got to switch my mic <laughs> every show. And it's such a drag. I didn't know eight did times that. a week. I, I know. know that's well, it's called That's called the magic. We're talking about the magic of theater. Yeah, <laughs> and somebody's got to help you with that too, which means you get a little little coffee feeling. Yeah, in the middle well, of the like show. When you're, when you're like, you <laughs> know, it's extra zing. It's like who who's got tricks? Eugene, like in auditions, you know, <laughs> people have like backflips and stuff, and you're like, not me, eight times a week. Yeah, not, oh, no, a lot of dancers will nope. do that too. Oh, yeah. They're like, no, oh, I'm actually, and I could be in Cats. All right, do you tumble? No. no, but I just saw you on the Olympics. Nope, nope, <laughs> eight, not, eight not eight times a week. Times a week. Yeah. I'm going to turn to the, the question to you, Matt, um, as you have played multiple roles in Waitress, and how do you balance making each different and bring yourself to each role as an actor? 
I, I guess my because uh, you've played you've the roles you have played you've done I've done I've done Pomander and I've done Earl a bunch of times I've yeah. done Pomander once which was a shot out of a canon kind of moment Just trying to see. Um, I don't I don't really get too deep into the process for my like I don't really have like a, a finite you know one of those types of setups for myself but I there's a quote that I've always really liked it's like I think it's Clark Gable at least it's attributed to him widely it's like you know how are you such a good actor he said I, I don't know I just try to hit my mark look him in the eye and tell the truth and mm-hmm. I think that like Will hit it right on the head like to play Earl like a villain is a mistake it makes him shallow it makes him not relatable like you know anybody there are people out there in the audience who have difficult family lives too and they'll relate to that sort of a dynamic between parents or whatever mm-hmm. and I think you have to reach down and just go when, when I read the script I try to see where I find truth first. Like what just makes intellectual sense to me as I read it. Mm-hmm. And I build it from there usually because if it doesn't make sense or feel truthful to you reading it, there's, you have to really get deep to perform it well if, if you don't find it truthful. If you don't believe it, yeah. how are they going to believe it yeah. kind of thing, right? Yeah. But it, it, switching is, was really hard. Pometer is a whole different ball game. I've been very fortunate. I've played a lot of silly roles and fun things and in great shows that I'm very proud of, but Pometer was by far the biggest workload I've ever had on a stage. Mm-hmm. And, and it just so happened that it was on Broadway, but three huge songs and, and, and being a part of the romantic arc of the show and all those scenes and the comedy, which the comedy that I usually get cast in is a little different than, than the comedy that, that Pometer is, is asked to do in the show. So it was, uh, it was a really fun, challenging moment to do that. Is there something to or a key to career longevity to maintaining in this business? Is there a key to keeping your head on straight throughout all of it? It's really hard. I mean, I'm yeah. not, it's 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 a, it's it's an impossible task, really, in in many ways. Um, and there is no key. There is no way. You don't. Every every person's journey is completely different. Yeah. Um, you know, but I think understanding yourself. Having some real, real faith in in what you're doing and how you approach what you what you do um, can help keep you moving forward. I mean, I feel like showing up is the hardest thing and the essential thing. You have mm-hmm. to show up, and that means in rehearsal. That means mm-hmm. in auditions, and uh, and remembering that you are not alone. Remembering mm-hmm. that you are th- th- that anyone who's going on this journey is is having similar experiences and uh, but to me the thing that just keeps me going is I just keep showing up and uh, and I have started to kind of really understand how I work and how I like to work and and also just meeting great people and working with them. Mm-hmm. Thoughts, well, that's all. Uh, yeah, easy. I absolutely yeah. what Chris said. Yeah, uh, you need to stay positive. Like it's really easy to to be that negative voice that just sort of starts to spiral down. And in every show, you're just like, oh well, there's where the negativity is going to come from, and and it can it can be toxic. Yeah, in a cast. Um, but I like what Matt said. Just you know, showing up and being a nice person. Yeah, I've seen people lose jobs in the audition room. They were the best person that came in, mm-hmm. and then have the team go, yeah, they were probably the best, but that energy is not something that's going to be good for this and they'll hire somebody who's slightly less talented. I think that's to... completely wrong. <laughs> that's a true story. <laughs> when, I first, when I first met... Whoever's nastiest wants it the most. When I first met Will, when I first started with, with, with hair, uh, when I first met Will and Gavin actually gave me this little nugget like he does. He gives sprinkles... His, his nemesis. He's, he's, salt, but he's salt bay with his, with his knowledge bombs, but he... Uh, that's for the millennials out there. Um, Didn't understand it, sports. <laughs> no, never mind. Anyway, he said, you know... He said, you know, welcome. He was very sweet. And he said, getting your first job is really, really hard. And it is because you're competing with long odds and other really, really talented people and type and all these things. Getting your second job is way harder because you're competing with all of those things and your own reputation, which ah. is is not nothing. It's absolutely true. Yeah. I'm fascinated with the, the live aspect of theater and I'm crazy about onstage mishaps and flubs. So maybe specifically to the waitress experience, can you fill us in on, on your most epic flubs? Yeah. Chris, you go first because you mess up all the time. I do. <laughs> <laughs> I try to mess up on purpose to give my, you know, to keep, kind it, of keep, it, keep it interesting. I mean, I, this wasn't really a flub. This was a risk that I took that, that paid off gravely. You saw oh. it. I was going to tell the same story. It was one of the coolest things I've ever seen on a stage in my life. Go ahead. I basically 
I have a moment where I bump into a table. Uh, you know, I'm a bumbly, you know, geeky guy, and I am nervous, and I bump into a table, and uh, <laughs> and basically, I kind of don't hit it very hard, and I kind of gather the things, and then I move on. It's just a little kind of like a passing little beat. And uh, one day, I really hit the table. I was a little too close to it, and I really hit the table, and a fork fell off the table. And I thought I would try to do something kind of funny with the fork. Uh, so I went to pick it up, and I kind of, you know, I leaned down, you know, it's, and it's just me and Don, the character Don, center stage, downstage. So I go to pick up the fork, and I kind of miss it. You know, uh-huh. when you kind of reach for something and I miss it? Yeah. And so now, like, I'm really starting to feel the silence of the audience and the silence of this it moment. It feels like it's been 20 minutes. Yes, it's and it's like, this is getting awkward. And like what? And now everyone's like, what's the expectation of what, what's he going to do with that fork that he finally picks up? So I finally get my hands on the fork. And I look at her. And I just toss it about 30 feet in the air. And it literally falls down, and I turn my hand, and I catch it behind my back. And, <laughs> and then I show it to her, and I put it on the table, unicorn. and I walk And, and the place went crazy, and, and I was on stage, <laughs> and, and one of our other actors was like, what would, what would have happened if he had dropped it? And I looked right at her, I go, he would have figured it out. He would have made it work. Right. <laughs> he right. would have made it work. I had, he was, a, I had a he feeling was in never. my gut. I was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go for this. And if I miss it, it just is good. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm not going to lose this moment. Yeah, <laughs> this is going to win either way because I have three ways I can win it. I can catch it and it's amazing. I can miss it and I'll make a beat out of it, uh-huh. or I miss it. It kind of all just falls apart, and then I have my castmates to laugh about it with later. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Can't you, lose. Were, yeah. you were never going to miss that. I believe that, and that's the faith, Mr. Will Swenson. Uh, in Waitress, the only one I can think of is one night. Um, I don't know how it happened, but as Sarah Bareilles was handing me my pie. My elbow. What a fun sentence to be able to say. As my good friend Sarah Bareilles was. No. <laughs> she. I just. I hit the pie and it flew and landed on the floor. And I'm supposed to eat it 10 seconds later. And I'm also a jerk in the show. So I, my character would not help her clean it up in any way. So I was just like, damn it. And she was like, Earl. And then she picked it up and put it on the thing. And I just like started eating it. <laughs> the audience just go, Ugh. Uh, like, yeah. It's yeah. like a soft pie, too. It probably picked yeah, up all kinds of pie. You did the same thing I did with the fork. Make it work. You made it work. Yeah. See? <laughs> I've got to ask, in, in, any in Priscilla that you that you recall? Oh, any mess ups in Priscilla? I mean, we I just had, feel like there's so many moving elements in that, that there had, there's got to be some Yeah, yeah. We had room. wigs and, and giant headdresses fall off all the time. Which it doesn't sound great to describe, but in the moment it's hilarious because we're like nine feet tall with huge headdress, and they were. There's nothing quite as fun as somebody's been coming off on stage. It's pretty great, you, you know, to, at, to really ruin your suspension of disbelief. Oh, it's so good. Were you there always, the day at Hair when that wig came? When uh, I think it was Paris came out of the trap. He was on for Claude, and he hit his head on the trap door so Paris had long hair tucked under his short hair wig for Claude at the end and he's running around and we're going Claude, Claude is really sad everybody's crying and his wig is like back here and now his little wispy long hairs are starting to fall out and he's awesome. lit from behind and so awesome. he's like looks like a gremlin like his hair is all <laughs> he's oh. changing <laughs> it's crazy awesome. into a wolf <laughs> All right, friends, we all know we love Broadway, and if you're anything like me, I can only imagine that you also love a great vacation. So why not combine the two and take a Broadway-themed vacation with Playbill? That's right. Playbill Travel has been hosting the biggest fans of Broadway all over the world on incredible week-long cruises that get you up close and personal with the biggest and brightest stars of Broadway. I'm not joking. One night you can hear an amazing and intimate performance by, I don't know, let's say, uh, Tony Award winner, an amazing human being, and Christine Ebersole, and the next morning you're going on an incredible excursion through Iceland with her. Check out PlaybillTravel.com to take a look at Playbill's cruise up the Rhone River in France, where guests and Broadway stars had the time of their lives. Playbill Travel has two amazing cruises lined up between now and July of next year, so head to PlaybillTravel.com to book your soon-to-be most favorite vacation ever. All right. One of the things we enjoy so much here at the Broadcast is the opportunity we have to connect with theater fans and people who are creating theater all over the country. We do this in our community theater shout out, Collins, and today through social media. So we have some people who have written in questions. Uh, our first question comes from Michaela Ellis 95. That is her Instagram handle, Michaela Ellis 95. Sup, Michaela. My question is for all three. And that question is, 
What's your favorite number to, p- to perform? Try that one again, Ben. What to pump a name to but to perform? What's your favorite number to perform? Mine. Yes, Will? Is the eight. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, That is for you, ladies and gentlemen. He just stood up and created an H shape. And for everybody else out there, if you want to just do that without the setup, you just go, and for my next number, the eight. (laughs) And then you do that. So good. That is good. That makes me tremendously happy. Is Is eight your favorite number to perform as well? It is. I also prefer eight. Um, Not as quite as good. It's a smaller eight. Yeah. (laughs) It's a quick eight. I, I like some of the ones I'm actually not in. I think some of the. So does the audience. Do you probably. like to perform? Um, you're not never, yeah. I'm never getting rid of you. Well, I also like performing a lot no, of the I, I wake up with the negative in my head a lot in the mornings. I like what Bacon can do. Like a lot of the three waitress numbers, I think, in our show are, are really special and they're they're really great. I like the, the finale's fun though, especially because Will does his own, he does a dance for us off stage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's very exciting and very high energy. We like that. I feel like I need more on that. Uh, well, Earl, Earl, Earl has his yeah. uh, his non-triumphant exit after she... Uh, spoiler alert. Uh, it doesn't work out. Um, but uh, And then Will is off stage before his bow, and we all have this big energetic opening number where we're passing pies back and forth. And closing, closing number. Closing number. Called sure. opening up. Called opening up. That's Sorry. Where you got, that's, that's the hiccup. That's I, the hiccup. Yeah. It's fine. Anyway, he, um, he does a big <laughs> dance. He does a big... A lot of kicks... Imagine if Molly Ringwald in The Breakfast Club I'm there. were simultaneously like having a seizure. That's pretty much <laughs> what, and I'm, was two and what yeah. I'm going With for. With a beard, yeah. All right. Yeah. Our next question comes from Radit underscore Satiawan, and I hope that I said that right, and this is also through Instagram. Um, what elements or features do you look for in scripts that draw or attract you to them? Good That's question. That's a good question, right? Yeah. Um, how much nudity? <laughs> right. <laughs> um, if there's vulgarity and irredeemable characters. <laughs> No challenges. I mean, as as I get older, and I am getting older, it's just I I love reading something and just going, oh, that would be hard to figure out and and interesting. I don't know. I, I like I love a good challenge. She fits. She fits. I don't know. Uh, what do I look for? I look for things that um, I just look for great stories, um, mm-hmm. characters that uh, that have movement, uh, emotional kind of movement, I guess. Um, things that make me laugh, mm-hmm. um, yeah, yeah, All, a variety of things. Uh, hard to describe, almost. Yeah, there's some you're waiting for that you, pain. Yeah, you know it when you see it. I think, mm-hmm. and I, I like seeing. I, I really like the last Earl scene in our show, or not the second to last. I guess not the hospital scene, the one, the big fight scene, because I, I like seeing a scene whether they're happy or sad or angry, or I, I like seeing people act a character go to the absolute pinnacle of an emotion. Like, I think that's really fun to play and play with because you don't want to play it like a stereotype like Will was talking about before. You want to make a real person who's clearly gone to the edge of something truthful and honest. I, I always find that really interesting. Our last question here is from Rachel Silliers, and that's another Instagram handle. And she wants to know, uh, how is it? how do you balance being a dad and an actor, Will? Mm. Uh, it's hard. It's It's tricky. Um, with a good support team and, and an amazing wife uh, and understanding family um, and just reconcile yourself to the fact that you're you're not going to ever really sleep again. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you just get l- very little sleep and you, uh, you <laughs> right now I feel like a taxi driver slash actor because I'm just driving kids to soccer practices and piano lessons and recitals and rehearsals and and then and then it's my turn to come be an actor so yeah um it's tricky but crazy rewarding it's great chris how do you have the energy to perform your number every night it's a question from rachel oh rachel mm-hmm. i don't know i really don't know it, i think it comes from the audience uh i i've thought about that sometimes because there are times when you you know i also am a father and it's like a, it's like another it's like another whole thing that's going on in your life. Yeah. It, is, it is the it becomes the more important thing than this other thing, and so work becomes more like work when you're a dad. Sometimes, yeah, um, it becomes a mouth to feed. It becomes a yeah that and and just a uh, but it also becomes a place to come and kind of get into what you're doing, but um. Whenever I'm, I arrive at the theater and I get myself ready, it's really like when I get on stage and I begin to kind of 
play what the circumstances are mm -hmm. and feeling the energy of that audience uh, just kind of clicks you into gear, clicks me into gear to playing this scene. And it really is, uh, it has become like a really, it's a really fun scene to do. It's mm -hmm. a fun place to be. Uh, that's what's really fun about this particular character is, is it's really, uh, he's really positive and he's really open and he's in love yeah. and he's, and to, and to just be able to drop into that every night is all that that is the thing that kind of gives you the energy it gives me the energy well it all translates it's a great show it's an absolutely great show and i and i loved it and we are running out of time unfortunately so if you haven't gotten a chance to go see waitress on broadway do yourself a huge favor and go see it it's delicious oh boy <laughs> and the tour is taking off all around the country on october 17th so make sure you see it in your hometown or here on broadway is there anything you have coming up that people should be looking for see fits oh well, yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, are you gonna... no, nothing really. Co I mean, what you were shooting like twenty five uh, no, movies no, right no, now? No, no. Well, I'm doing okay. There's <laughs> okay, a, fine. If I must, oh, fine. If I must, yeah, no, no. Always. There's a Netflix thing that I did called Godless, which is coming out in November, where I play a bad guy. And that's really fun. It's a western. And fun. then. And then I'm doing this other TV show called Happy, uh -huh. um, which I can't get too much into. Okay, but I'm oh, yeah. I'm on it, and I I do some fun, interesting, really weird things on that. I'm so excited. that's also coming out in November. Both both shows are premiering in November. Well, which is when your birthday is. It was when my it's birthday be is, a fun and I turned November 45. For you. That's you're gonna be oh, how old? Oh, 45, man. man. And you could still play Bach today. I could still play Bach. I, 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 as I said to you earlier, I think I'm. I'd look to. Too, too, too young, young to even to play, play it. Bach. I can play Bach. The puns today. Nicely done. Um, oh, yeah, I have a little part in this Hugh Jackman movie coming out about oh, yeah, P.T. Barnum. Mm -hmm. Tell him who you play. I play Hugh Jackman's dad. I play P.T. Barnum's dad. How about Come that? On. How about that? Christmas Hugh Day. Jackman's We're all daddy. excited. That's yeah. insane. That's, That's insane. Great. That's You're how old I am. Wolverine's I'm old Papa. enough to be Hugh Jackman's father. That's huge. That's amazing. Yeah. I'll, I'm going to watch it. I'm, I am, too. It comes out on Christmas Day. That's a big one. That's a big day. Pretty cool. Matt, how about you? I know you get around. and I you got nothing going on right now. You play your music, dude. I do. I, mean, I just I, said dude. That was, that was really This Bush. is the influence you guys have that had on awesome. me today. Not only did you say it, it just came out. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it, like, it, yeah, it, made, yeah, it made a lot yeah. of sense. Yeah, it was great. Thanks, bro. Heem. No. <laughs> no, I feel weird. I'm sucking harder across my legs. No, I, I got nothing going on right now. I'm, I'm thrilled to have this job with these guys, and I like working at the theater, and... Uh, my fiance gets home from uh, the National Tour of Fine Neverland in six weeks, and I couldn't be happier. So and life's next, good. By next year, you guys will be we're hitched. Get, we're getting married in 362 days. My oh, app wow. just told me uh -huh. today. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> well, I want to say thank you so much. I have much. an app for that. <laughs> yeah. Thank <laughs> you so much to our incredible panel. C. Fitz, Will Swenson, Matt DeAngelis. We loved having you guys here. I'm a fan of all of yours. Guess so. what? Thanks, what? We love you. Yeah. We love you, baby. Yeah, we do. We're going to have like a weird bro hug and chug some beers. Yeah. Yes. You guys have a matinee to do, don't you? We yes. can do both. Huh? Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. We can't. Fair enough. Next so, time, cheese balls. Cheese yes. balls. Right. Count on them. Bring them in. Right. Thank you guys so much. Have a great show. Thanks, Ben. I love Thanks, you. Bye. bye. Everybody, bye. Bye, Mike. Make sure you tune in next week as we go a little bit rogue. We are taking the entire episode to the streets at the red carpet of the Cheetah Rivera Awards and then into the exclusive after party at Sardi's. We talk to all of the big stars. You do not want to miss it. Dance, 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 baby. Make sure you don't miss a single episode and subscribe to us on iTunes. And now you can listen to Playbill Presents the Broadway cast on Spotify. And while you're at it, follow us on all social media platforms at the Broadway cast.